Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, they found the telephone and described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. A cup of murder. Many of the famous, for a lack of a better word, killers we know are men. But when asked about a female, one name will always come to mind. On October 9th, 2002, that woman, Eileen Warnos, was executed for her crimes. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Eileen Warnos lived a hard life filled with rejection. She never knew her criminal father, who suffered from schizophrenia and was abandoned by her mother when she was just four years old. By the time she was 11 years old, Eileen began trading sex for cigarettes, drugs, and food. She also began having a sexual relationship with her brother and was sexually assaulted and beaten by her grandfather, who was her guardian. When she was 14, she began pregnant after an accomplice of her grandfather's raped her. The boy was born and put up for adoption, and Eileen dropped out of school before her grandfather kicked her out of the house at just 15. She, now having to support herself, became a sex worker before hitchhiking to Florida when she was 20 and meeting a 69-year-old man and marrying him. Louis Gratz Fell was president of the Yacht Club, and for the first time, it seemed that Eileen's life was looking up. However, she couldn't seem to keep herself out of trouble and even spent a brief time in jail for assault. She also began abusing her husband. She would hit him with his own cane and the man took out a restraining order on his new wife just weeks before the marriage. She returned to Michigan where she was arrested and charged with assault for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head. Nine weeks after their marriage, Eileen and Lewis annulled their marriage. From May of 1981 to June of 1986, Eileen was in and out of legal trouble for things like robbery, forged checks, car theft, and threatening a man with a gun for $200. It was also during this time that she met and fell in love with a woman named Tyra Moore at a Daytona Beach gay bar. The two women began living together, and Eileen supported them with her earnings as a sex worker. Over the course of 12 months, starting with the convicted rapist Richard Mallory, Eileen murdered seven men, all of which, according to her, were out of self-defense. 
On December 13, 1989, Richard Mallory's body was found in a wooded area having been shot. Next was the body of David Spears, whose naked body was found on June 1, 1990, along Florida State Road 19. He was shot six times. Five days later, the body of Charles Karskadin was found, shot nine times and having been dead since May. On July 4th, Peter Seam's abandoned car was found. Two women had been seen abandoning the car, and Eileen's palm print was left on the interior door handle. Eileen, who had her fingerprints in the system, was identified and the media began a hunt for the couple. Peter Seam's body, however, was never found. By the end of July, Troy Burris had been reported missing. On August 4th, his body was found. September 12th, the body of Charles Humphreys was found. He was shot six times. And lastly, Walter Antonio's naked body was found on November 19th, five days after his abandoned car was found. All of Eileen's victims were men in their late 50s and into their 60s. On January 9, 1991, the hunt for Eileen Warnos came to an end when she was arrested on an outstanding warrant at the Last Resort Bar. Tyra Moore was arrested the next day in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Tyra then turned against her lover and agreed to work with the police to get a full confession from Eileen in exchange for immunity. She was placed in a motel where she made phone calls to Eileen, pleading for help clearing her name. Three days later, Eileen Warnos confessed to the murders. According to her, not only was Tyra not involved, but these attacks were all cases of self-defense. She claimed that these men tried to rape her and she needed to defend herself. A year later, the trial for the murder of Richard Mallory began. She was found guilty due in large to Tyra's testimony. Psychiatrists who evaluated Eileen diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, and deemed her mentally unstable. She was even analyzed using the psychopathy checklist. A score of more than 25 or 30 are consistent with a diagnosis of psychopathy. Eileen scored a 32 out of 40. Despite this, she was sentenced to death four days later. She later pleaded no contest to the murders of Humphreys, Burris, and Spears, and guilty to the murder of Karskadin and Antonio, even confessing that none of the men, with the exception of Richard Mallory, raped her. She was given five more death sentences. In 2001, she petitioned to the court to dismiss her legal counsel and all of her pending appeals. She wrote, There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything, because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I am so sick of this, she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. She wanted to die, and she got her wish on October 9th, 2002, at 9.47 a.m. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 10th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, 
easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.